All right, Action Faction, welcome back to another episode of the Ideas Into Action podcast. I am your host, Hamza Khan, and today we have a very special guest on the podcast. Jesse McGuire is an Australian educator and mindset coach. He has worked for the University of Newcastle's DICE Group, researching artificial intelligence and emerging technologies in schools. He completed his teaching degree with honors and shortly after completed a master's of business administration and master's of marketing. Today, he is the founder of Mind by Design, a global personal development business and community for people who seek clarity, purpose, and accountability. Jesse is an expert in helping people get clear, feel confident in their own skin, and build the courage to take brave steps towards what they really want. In this very divinely aligned conversation, we talked about looking within ourselves, the power of non-negotiables, navigating personal transitions, and explored several binaries, two sides of the same coin, teaching versus coaching, scared versus sacred, thinking versus feeling, and how versus what. I hope you enjoy and learn from this conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Episode 31 with Jesse McGuire. All right, here he is, Jesse McGuire, my brother from another mother down under. How the heck are you, mate? I'm well, Hamza. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you for this true honor and privilege for being a guest for the Action Faction, of which I count myself a, uh, 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 I don't know if what, what my position would be with, with this community, the head honcho, the, the leader, the host. I have no idea. I'm here just as all the listeners are to learn from you, to be inspired by you, to take a deep dive into who you are and what your process and approach is to transforming ideas into action. But with all guests, we typically start with the end. I want to do something different with you. I want to actually form a bookend or form the bookends rather for, for your story. I actually want to ask you a question that I don't think I've ever asked any of the guests in the past. Bit of a curveball. Let's start at the very beginning. As a child, who or what did you dream of becoming? Oh, that's such a good question. It's so different to what I expected as well. I've got all my answers <laughs> written on, on Google Doc. <laughs> so from the very beginning, who was I as a child? And I suppose what immediately comes up is a very good childhood, a very enjoyable hmm. childhood, a very happy childhood, a very calm childhood. I remember this is so <laughs> personal, but I thought, why not? Let's share it. I remember this beautiful story of when I was still in my mum's womb. and mm, <laughs> she We're going went, all the way to the start, eh? <laughs> all the way back. And she used to say to me, um, I used to rub my belly and just say, like, you're going to be the happiest, calmest kid. Wow. And then that came true. Um, and she just says that that was just such a beautiful start, you know, and I, I really – <laughs> just reflecting on that now, mm. I think I very much lived up to that expectation just as a boy. And growing up, I was Absolutely. very grateful that I lived um, on the east side of east coast of Australia and had a beautiful environment growing up, very connected to nature. Jesse, I, I can clearly see how how your mother's spirit and, and through those loving actions of, of rubbing her belly and saying you're going to be the most calm and happy kid 
have, have translated into your present being. So we understand sort of what the beginning was. We're now getting a glimpse of who you are with much more clarity throughout this podcast. And I, of course, I know you from our time that we connected in, in 2019 and the journey we've been on since then. But take us all the way now to the end. Just project far in advance all the way at your lifetime achievement awards ceremony as as you walk down the aisle to receive this memento for a life well lived for a career in which you have impacted millions if not billions of people around the world what would you hope people say about you what would you hope that person at the front of the the stage uh says about you how would you like to be honored mm, well i think very much the same as what my mother dreamed of you know when I was still that baby, just a, a calm and kind and uh, approachable, warm soul. I think, Hamza, that it's kind of been my soul's journey to grow up and become the man I am today and go through things which have not made me calm, that have actually made me quite toxic at times and learn how to come back to a place where I am proud of who I am. And I suppose at my lifetime celebration, I always want to be known for that, to be able to help people do the same and come back to simplicity and humility and the simple things of life. I very much see myself as like uh, a quiet action taker. I very much mm. like the thought that success speaks loud enough. Mm -hmm. I want to be, be that underdog that inspires people to live a life on their own terms that is fulfilling for them. And if I had one sentence to share with the world, it would be be yourself, be wow. yourself in who you are. And this comes with the vulnerability of sharing the truth and speaking up and so on. I could so easily come into this podcast with my mask on and be inauthentic, yeah. but that's not going to attract the right people into my life. That's not going to, create a tribe where I really feel seen and heard. But because right. I feel good with you, Hamza, and your audience, and I trust that the people that are destined to meet me too from this podcast will really vibe with me being my true self. And that's how I've always found how I've been able to build great friendships, great community, mm -hmm. and it extends into my business as well. And and Jesse, I I, I can I can uh, back that up. You know, I I met you for the first time in 2019, and I remember from our very first interaction, within within a split second, I could just sense that you were all of the things that you just described. Uh, you were kind. Yeah, you, you know, you, you I would take it a step further. I would say you were loving. You made me felt loved from our very first interaction. There's absolutely no no semblance of of any mask or construct in this conversation i feel like we're just picking up from where we left off during our last conversation which has then been held together by multiple online interactions and and that energy that i first felt in 2019 has been consistent throughout and i love that you sort of took the words out of my mouth when you said what would be that one thing you want to say you know it's a question i, I hope to ask you and and future guests of this podcast if you could put anything on a billboard for the world to see mm. in one sentence or one word what would it be and for you it's be yourself and that's so cool because that's the journey that i'm on right now at age 35 i'm finally arriving i finally arrived at the conclusion that i just need to be myself and it's a it's an overwhelming journey it's fraught with a lot of 
a lot of revisiting of trauma, uh, a lot of shadow work, something I hope to explore in this podcast. But ultimately, it feels triumphant. And I think that that's what you help people do through your life and your work. You're a coach, you're an educator, you're an entrepreneur. What were some of the major milestones in your life or your career that brought you to this specific application of your gift, this configuration of career and thought leadership? You know, you alluded to some toxicity as well. I'd be curious to know, and, and, I, and I know the action faction is very curious to know, what exactly set you down this path? It's a great question, Holmes. And I've always enjoyed and respected so much your ability to um, make these kinds of topics accessible. If we just wow. go back to when I uh, was going back to uni, I completed my education degree but I felt really conflicted internally and I decided to end up going back to university to study a master's of business administration. And when I was driving to university all the time, I'd be listening to the Ideas Into Action podcast and it yeah. was so inspiring <laughs> because I needed that accountability. I needed to hear voices from around the world that are just going for it. So if someone's listening to this, it, yeah. right, it's just get after it. Don't think that you need the equipment, the preparation, and the qualification to do what you want, it's really just you need to get in there, take a small step and be accountable to something, even though it's scary. So that right. was something which really inspired me. The milestones in particular, Hamza, if we were to um, go back a little bit, when I was teaching in high schools in Australia, absolutely loved my job, but I followed the advice of my parents and my teachers, went to uni, got good grades, got a job, saving, all the real typical things which are absolutely great for some people. But for me, I just didn't really feel good about it. I would lay in my bed at night looking at the ceiling with all these great things around me, but I just felt so unfulfilled. And I just also felt then like, who am I to not feel fulfilled? Be grateful. But there was just this deeper part of me that was calling my name and saying, you can do more. And so I had that deep internal conflict and I felt like a huge hypocrite as well, because I was telling all these countless teenage students that I was teaching to follow your heart and be yourself, but I wasn't respecting my own. So when I got very real with myself, that's when the change started and I shifted out of teaching. I went back to university. I upskilled in different areas of my life. I ended a big relationship. I went through a whole identity change, Hamza. And wow. that was what I got out of that journey. And since we've met up until this point, I very much embrace who I am and what I have to offer the world and those gifts as well. And I got coaching and so on. And I remember when I was going through this journey, my coach at the time I had an online coach and I told her about my dreams and hopes. And she said, well, Jess, what's the worst case scenario if all of this failed? And I thought about it. I thought, well, my worst case scenario is I'll probably just go back to teaching and what I'm doing right now. And she said, well, how does it feel to be living your worst case scenario? And that shocked me. And I realized how little I was risking for my mm -hmm. dreams and my passions and my purpose. So I like I said, went back to uni, started things and went for it. The day after I promised to risk more, I started my mind by design business. I started wow. coaching, even though I was scared, absolutely crap. And I started <laughs> podcasts and everything, right? 
So it was the ability to risk for me was the ability to risk more that was such a big milestone in my life and career because now I'm really happier than ever. I'm on a podcast with Hamza Khan. I'm helping people around the world doing what they want. And I hope that I can live that example of someone who has the courage to chase their dreams and not feel like a hypocrite to those kids as well. Oh man, I'm, uh, I'm getting chills here. This is wild. I, I think we need to let the action faction know, uh, you know, new and, and, and old listeners alike. Two teachers speaking over here. So, so you taught and, and I have also been an educator at different levels, most recently within post-secondary. There's something that comes with being, I guess, a sage on the stage is you have a, a built-in mask through millennia of conditioning that has led uh, the person standing at the front of the room, the person who holds the the role of teacher, um, to be able to stand behind a veneer of having it all together, being an authority, Absolutely. knowing. And I think that over time, we can get very comfortable in that space and and not do the the inner work necessary to be vulnerable, to be most effective as teachers. And I'm not teaching now, and I'm engaged in so much learning through this podcast, conversations like this. I'm in part of two programs right now, a graduate program, an executive coaching program. I feel like a beginner all day, every day. I'm half half the time I feel like I, I you know, I'm just languishing at the bottom of that Dunning Kruger model, the the <laughs> the um the valley of despair. Uh it's terrifying, but at the same time. I feel most like myself and that, that is conferring a lot of joy. I feel like I'm exploring this world. I feel like I'm exploring what it means to be Hamza in this world in a way that is so new to me, but also so invigorating. And it's just so surreal to hear that reflected back to me, reflected back to this audience from a fellow teacher who had it all together. Like you said, you were following the blueprint. You were doing all of the things that Jesse was prescribed to do. You had the job, right? You and it, and it, and you know you, you not even a job. You were on the career path, and then you decided the risk wasn't big enough. I needed to take a bigger risk, and you cast all that aside, and you built Mind by Design, which seems to me to be the expression of Jesse. It's the business version of Jesse. Would that be a correct assumption? Absolutely, Mind by Design is very much an expression of who I am, who I want to be in the world. Right. It's an expression of my purpose and my passions. Yeah, and 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 it sounds like your purpose and your passion involve, if I'm understanding this correctly, helping people find clarity, uh, helping people find purpose and accountability. And so it mm. sounds like you're helping other people go through the same journey that you went through. And it's almost a universal journey. What for, for for someone listening to this right now who who wants to work with you as part of Mind by Design, what are the ways in which they can work with you, and and how how specifically will you help them? Hmm. Uh, first of all, Hans, I want to acknowledge you, mate, for going through your journey Thank as you, well man. and being courageous enough to face those fears and acknowledge that there's more for you. And for the people listening to this, just like I was listening to this podcast a couple of years ago, we all have a scared voice and a sacred voice. Mm. The scared voice is reactive. It's ego-based. It wants to keep us safe. Yep. And it's very loud. And then we have a sacred voice deep within 
which is quieter, more intuitive, and whispers our purpose. So I would suggest for the people listening to this now, not to work with me, but to work with yourself. Dig deeper and listen to your own sacred voice. This is coming through your meditation, your journaling, and putting your phone down, limiting your stimulation so that you can get in touch with that intuitive voice. And from there, if you're called to, you can check out my Instagram and my programs and I have much more that we can do to dig deeper, to clarify, all right, how can we take advantage of these gifts that you have? How can we listen and harness what your purpose is so that you can have the impact that you desire, so that you can risk things that are worth it? What I do, Hamza, with self-development isn't pushing people to do what they don't want. It's pushing people to do what they say they want, but it's scary, but it's worth it. Wow, man. that That is absolutely masterful from a marketing perspective alone to say, don't work with me, do the inner work first. And I'm very much the same way. I don't spend any money on outbound marketing. In fact, I go out of my way to say exactly what you say, which is don't hire me. Like Only hire me when you've exhausted every other option when nothing else seems to work, when you've done just enough work where I fit in at the right time. What's that saying? When the student is ready, the teacher shall appear. And mm. you have appeared in my hero's journey, in my student journey in 2019 first, but especially during the pandemic, as I was going through this journey of self-discovery, of doing the inner work, reconnecting with my inner child, doing the shadow work, engaging in some um, healing journaling practices, your very cheerful reassuring, spirited appearance on my Instagram feed and across social networks gave me the permission to continue that work. I was like, you know, if Jesse's doing it, if Jesse says it's okay, if Jesse is advocating for these strategies, I must be doing something right. Because I, and and it's this is an audio only podcast, but you know, I'm, I'm, I have the privilege, the luxury of seeing you on my screen as we record this. There's an aura about you. I mean, you you have a thing. You have a spirit that I hope to bring and, and replicate in my own life. You have a zest for life. You have a passion. And that's really exciting for me to see. It's exciting for me to be in your presence. And it's clear to me that you have done the work. You have done the internal work to present yourself this way today. On the note of that presence, I want to talk a little bit about passion and, and what you're most passionate about these days, whether it's what, with Mind by Design or just the experience of being Jesse McGuire in this world. What gets you up out of bed every morning? I mean, what, what aspects of this work, of your life, are you most passionate about? Absolutely. Love this question. Love purpose. Love passion, Hamza. And again, mate, acknowledging you, bro, this extends to every person on planet Earth, regardless of your story, past, profession. Doing this kind of work, learning to be yourself is going to lead to a more fulfilling version of your life, a simpler version of your life. And you have your journey with burnout and everything you've done. From every podcast I've listened to you within, you're an intelligent person. You're a great uh, strategist. And for where I see what you're doing, it's just going to explode wow. with more impact, more lives, more inspiration, Hamza. And for someone like me, mate, who has grown up in a small town in Australia, being able to connect with you now feels like a dream come true wow. because it is like what I've always strived for, to think global but to act local. You're in New York right now, mm -hmm. and that to me is absolutely incredible that we can connect and talk. And for someone listening out there, 
don't worry about try trying to convince people who don't want to raise their standards. Just focus on raising your own and connecting with people who have a similar standards, similar mindsets, who are on the same wavelength, right? That's just what I want to say there, Hamza, because it's very alive in me right now. Man, that means a lot to me. That means the world to me, sincerely. And and this is coming from somebody that never feels smart, never feels confident, never feels knowledgeable about anything. I I genuinely feel in almost every situation I'm in, including right now, that I'm actually the one, uh, the, the dumbest person in the room, for lack of a better phrase. So, to, so to hear you say that is is very validating to me, and um, you know, it, the the feeling is very mutual, man. Like I, I I look up to you. I have a great deal, tremendous deal of respect for you and love for you. Frankly, um, it means the world to me that you have gifted me the opportunity to connect with you super early in your morning, but to not only share with me in what would have just been a normal Zoom catch up call, but to take this step further and share this conversation with the action faction. I love saying that, by the way, the action faction. Dude, you, you, so if, before I forget this, you, you just alluded to burnout right now. And um, I was listening to an episode of Soul Snack. Tell me about that. What's happening with Soul Snack? <laughs> so Soul Snack was a little passion project that I did to help people fall asleep. <laughs> you got to bring it back. <laughs> this, was something, uh, this was something for people who just wanted an end of the day little uh, prayer style, yeah. spiritual style sleep story. <laughs> yes, that was very much what it was like. But this related to burnout because you find a lot of people who struggle with burnout and productivity and, and purpose-driven uh, careers and so on, that they are playing with fire. Yeah. When you think about burnout, you think about fire. When you think about passion, I think about fire. Same. And this is a journey that I've definitely gone on too, is learning to harness that power, harness that fire energy, but not get burnt. Makes sense, right? right. And, and, and Soul Snacks was a great example of being able to help people calm down and navigate in a healthy way and not in a toxic way to get back in touch with their body, get back in touch with themselves and settle down. So we have to be able to learn to harness that energy, that fire, I, I love that so much. And, and, and I wrote this down when I, when I heard you say it. You said, burnout isn't when you do too much. It's when you do too little of the things you love. I, I thought that that was very paradigm shifting for me. Uh, somebody who spent the last seven, eight years thinking about researching, speaking about burnout. Could you elaborate on that idea a little bit more? So burnout is, isn't when you do too much. It's when you do too little, specifically of the things that you love. What was the... What was the thinking behind that? That was beautifully articulated. Uh, it was just such a good quote that I needed to share because it was something that landed on everyone's heart. How often when you're on the precipice of burnout that you just crave to do something you love, to go out and hug a family member, to play with a pet, to run around free irrespective of time, suspend your super self-consciousness that you have that's attached to productivity and your uh, your well, productivity as a person as well, we get our sense of validation from how much we get done and the results, mm -hmm. right? But this can be very um, difficult, especially for people who are passionate, right? Right. Who want to be able to harness that energy but often get burnt in the process. And I love this quote. It's, a, it's another quote that I have written down, which is something that got me through learning to navigate burnout, passion, and purpose-driven professions. No horse gets anywhere until he's harnessed. No steam or gas ever drives anything 
until it is confined. No Niagara is ever turned to light and power until it is tunneled. And no life ever grows great until it is focused, dedicated, and disciplined. This for me was learning to take advantage of that powerful energy, that fire passion I have within me and put a harness on it, to put limits on it, to put confinements on it, to put boundaries on it. And for me, that is how I've begun to really take advantage of what I've got to offer the world, but not burn out in the process. Brilliant, Jazzy. That, I couldn't think of a better segue to go into a deep conversation, a deep dive about the constraints, the system, the mechanisms around that fire, around that passion that allow you to channel it intentionally. But in order to get to that part of the conversation, we now have to go into a fun segment that we've revived from season one, the quick time, the the quick time segment in which I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions to shake up the format here a little bit. You have to answer them with either a yes or a no or a single idea, single answer. Whatever comes to mind, give us that answer. And uh, you know you can skip as many of these as you would like. There's no consequence if you want to choose either or. But, but for the sake of challenge, I, I, I would encourage you to, to pick one this. or the other. You ready to go, Jesse? I'm ready to do All this. All right. So let's start with this one. Virtual coaching or in-person coaching? Virtual. Ooh, okay. virtual. All right. Um, traditional teaching or coaching? Oh, God, that's hard. Traditional <laughs> has a place. <laughs> there's something about it. There's, some, there's something that works. Definitely. And you know what? I, uh, I do miss it. I haven't been teaching for the last little while, and I do miss being in a classroom environment. Even though I'm doing a bit of coaching right now, I do miss the, maybe the, the serendipity. There's something about it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the fluidity is what I'm looking for. There's, there's a fluidity with coaching, or with teaching, I should say. that, And so much of it comes from the students, being a guide on the side versus a sage on the stage. All right, moving Absolutely, along. Absolutely, Light on. work or shadow work? Oh God, shadow work. (laughs) I love the light work. I really do. And I love all the love and light and everything, but what works to progress people so much more is shadow work in, from my own experience and from the people I've worked with. Yeah. And and you know what, I guess, I guess the the whole point of shadow work and and light work is, is to not see it as, as binary, right? They're, they're very much two sides of the same coin. The light work presupposes the shadow and the shadow presupposes the light. So I think you, yes. we, we, we can go with a both in that one. But yeah, if we had to choose which one to do for a client, shadow work, absolutely. Yeah, All right. practically shadow work, absolutely. Yes, 100%. Okay, next, consistency or intensity? Come on, what do you think? Consistency, <laughs> baby. Small, brave, baby steps over those big, grand things that we like to think life is about. It's and just I, consistency. I, I, I hope someday a guest will choose intensity. I want to hear a good argument for intensity over consistency. But yes, I, I would agree with you. Consistency. Okay. Instagram or LinkedIn? Instagram. Hmm. For me. Okay. I think Instagram is an interesting platform for people like me and yourself where there's just a bigger audience that are more learned around social ability and selling and 
there's more customer education I find. And for me, that works really well because I can be flexible where on LinkedIn, I have the tendency to put that mask back up, uh, which probably are my own projections. LinkedIn has incredible potential, but for me, what works best is definitely Insta. Got you. The last movie that made you cry? Ooh, that's a good question, man. I cry all the time of things. Uh, a movie as well. I definitely have a show. I okay, cried the other night watching Viking, Vikings. Uh, <laughs> right on. I know. I watched that the other day, but I'm thinking of a movie in particular. Now, Vikings is definitely something I've watched recently that just has so many beautiful things in it. And as an English teacher who analyzes uh, these sorts of movies, it's just, <laughs> you know, going back to my roots, I can really appreciate the subtle things in there and it just is so moving. I love that, man. I, I teared up last night. I started watching the, uh, the new Lord of the Rings TV show on Amazon Prime, uh, The Rings of Power. And there was a couple, a couple of moments that got me, man. I, I, I like you crying almost everything. You just anything that is that is competent can has the ability to tug on Hamza Khan's heartstrings as I imagine it Absolutely. does with Jesse McGuire. And I embrace it, man. I embrace it. Yeah, man. I need sure. a good cry here or there. You know, sometimes I can't be bothered yeah. to journal and get it out myself. <laughs> I just click on some great movie. <laughs> I think I think it definitely helps with the inner work. It helps with the shadow work. It helps you to discover what that architecture looks like inside of you. And and what are the things that might need to be addressed or or celebrated. Um Okay, a couple more over here for you, Jesse. You doing all right so far? Mm -hmm. I'm doing great. This, this is man. Awesome. What What is the most replayed song on your phone right now? Oh my goodness! Ah, oh, these are difficult, man. You're exposing <laughs> me. Some of my songs hey, are not what I want to share on this podcast. <laughs> I'm proud to say that there are a, a couple of Drake songs which hey. I know you're going to love. <laughs> sure, man. Um, but I think. What I've been really liking is Phoebe Bridges' Moon Song. That's a okay. very emotional, interesting composure, and something about it sonically just ignites deep feelings in me, almost like acupuncture, but for, from music. You know, when you get acupuncture and you de get reach those deep level tissues, <laughs> yeah. this song for me is just like reaching deep into my soul. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to revisit the show notes after this and and add that to the playlist. What is what is the song oh. that is uh, causing that deep tissue <laughs> work with Jesse? Okay, yes. Four more for you here, starting with this one: a book that changed your life. Oh, early days: the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. That was Love something it. I used to read a lot when I was going to uni for my. Uh, teaching degree on the train. I used to listen to that and it was such a great foundation just to understand more about presence and the now. And I used to face challenging moments with anxiety and so on. And that was really powerful for me to just learn the tools and techniques in such an easy, accessible, simple way. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, I've read a lot of business books and a lot of textbooks. <laughs> and I think there's going to be nothing like um, when you're learning about business. Right. Our finances, finance books, like I'm obsessed with them. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at my study now and 
and the books on there. I couldn't name one for you, Hamza, but I would very much encourage people to learn about finances. That yeah. was something I learned in uni in my MBA that I just knew I didn't know enough about. And I was so petrified to study accounting and so on. Am I there, Hamza? Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm right here. And I was just reflecting on my own lack of financial literacy. I would consider myself to be financially illiterate. And I think a big part of that is the education system where I grew up in Scarborough, Ontario. I wonder if by design or maybe inadvertently, financial literacy was, was um, excluded from the traditional educational curriculum. The onus was very much on me to learn about finances. And I didn't know at what point, looking back, I would have picked up on that. And I think it's very, very great of you to say that there are books out there uh, that can help people at any stage of their financial literacy journey. And uh, you know, I, I would love to put some of them in the show notes as well that people can pick up uh, even if- Yeah, or well, if know, someone's been listening to expertise. this podcast- that's right. If someone's been listening to this podcast, you know you've got a couple of guests on this show, uh, such as George, for instance, on episode yep. one, who has his mm -hmm. financial book. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wouldn't recommend one in particular because there are so many, but find one which works for you, which you know is going to be a bit of a stretch, um, but is possible for you to engage in and learn and focus on the practicality of managing your finances because what I've seen in my coaching is that it's such an empowering tool to know more about because it's literally your money right. and it's your, it's money is what we ascribe value to. It's so yeah. valuable. So I hope that the people listening to this and myself for that instance can begin to and continue to respect that value for what it is, irrespective of the stories we talk about and uh, ascribe to money. That's so interesting, man. I, I did some work with a coach many years ago, Joanne Lim. Shout out to Joanne. And uh, one of her first assessments of me was that I had a toxic relationship with money because I didn't understand it. I actually like created like a self-money split. And it was something that, you know, uh, was very traumatic for me because it was a, a core reason why my parents, you know, engaged in a lot of their sort of arguments and near separations yes. growing up. And so I actually resented money at that point. And she said something more or less akin to what you said, that money is an expression of value. Money is an expression of how you move and create value in the world. And uh, that was really a turning point for me to, to rethink about, to rethink the role of money in my life. And, and I, I, I have, over the years, accrued different um, you know, way, lenses for looking at money, but also several books, including some on my shelf right now, um, The Millionaire, Millionaire Next Door being one of them, Rich Dad, Poor Dad being one of them. That have really mm. got me to rethink money. We could do a whole other episode on that, but I want to ask you these we last three questions and then go, go deep into your your system. So, a quote that crosses your mind more often than it does others. Sorry, mm. let me rephrase that. A quote, a quote that that crosses your mind uh, more often than than other quotes. Sure, this is something I think about because so many quotes are flying by being a coach and on Instagram and all these sorts of things. But it's more of a prayer that sticks with me in my heart deep down, that sacred voice. And irrespective of religion and spirituality, it's just something that I found has really grounded me in the moment. And it is, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I love that. So good. Uh, last two, passion or purpose? Mm, 
I think they're brother and sister. Hey, so mm. you, you love them both. They have different characters and you can learn a lot from each. I think purpose is the older sibling. Love that. And closing off this, this quick time session, and it has been anything but quick. And I love that we just indulge in it and just take our time with it. Fantastic. <laughs> time or energy? Energy. Energy. No one can okay. manage time. Yep. And, and now I guess we get to go deep into, into that notion as we talk about your productivity systems. I want to get into some specifics yes. around how you've built this portfolio of coaching, of teaching, of the, biz- the business of Jesse McGuire around it, this, this, this mechanism the system that helps you to control that fire that we we talked about earlier. So let's talk about how you organize your time, how you organize your energy and your attention, and how it is that you turn those ideas that you have into action. So the first thing I want to ask you, Jesse, is what are some of the game changer apps or tools or resources in your productivity system? For sure, Hunter. Oh, just dive straight in a couple of years ago it's obviously going to be planners it's going to be organizers it's going to be considering your calendar i was all on paper at that time and now i've moved all paperless onto the cloud for google calendar and so on that's really helped me just manage my priorities and i know what i'm doing week to week say for instance a sunday we're recording this i'm going to plan out my week ahead with my google calendar that's been my lifesaver but for me personally a big value is simplicity and groundedness. So I want to have systems in place that make my life more simple and efficient. I don't want to spend heaps of time planning. I just want to have knowledge of what I've got going on, my priorities, so to speak. And if someone wants to clarify that, I would begin to think about, right, what's your vision? What do you want? Take some time just to have an hour out of your day with a blank piece of paper and a cup of tea, write down your vision for the big areas of your life, your finances, your family, your friends, your spirituality, your career, and so on. And from there, we can have a bit of a foundation for thinking about what are your goals for the next, say, four months, month, week ahead. And the practical way that I stick to my goals and my visions are having daily non-negotiables that I stick Mm. to. And those daily non-negotiables are going to be my journaling, meditation, exercise. They're going to be no scrolling before bed, no Netflix during the week, Monday to Friday. They're going to be uh, hydration, diet connection. So I've written up a list of non-negotiables that I follow so that I can know that I'm on track, feel that I'm on track to my goals and visions and keep things really simple. Wow. So Jesse, that that's wild. So you you've kept I mean that that is as disciplined as it gets. It I it, it, I I'm so curious. I want to be like, can you show me your calendar? I would love to see it because I imagine it looks almost identical to what mine looks like. It's just a blo- a bunch of blocks of non-negotiables in there. Uh starting from <laughs> yeah. 5 a.m. It's just like do this, that's do right. that. It's and just basically me trusting a future there, version of myself. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Once those things get in there, you know that they're on their way and it actually looks complex, but it's very simple. Very simple. So I think it can be very intimidating for people beginning, but once you are clear on your vision, your destined land, where you're going, we work back from there and create your goals and non-negotiables. So this is a personal question then, Jesse, and I I hope this is relevant to the action faction, the, the AF. So I have the non-negotiables for me. Like I know what I need to be doing at any given point in the day, except for the work. This is where it gets confusing for me 
because for the last at least two to three years, I've just been flying solo. I don't have a, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you, I don't have a boss. I don't have a consistent time I'm supposed to do my work. In fact, my, my work looks as amorphous as it's ever been in my life. I do like one or two gigs a week. I have like a coaching session here or there. I report, record mm-hmm. a podcast whenever my guests are free. So the time in between the non-negotiables, I'm, I'm not struggling, but I'm having a difficult time like building a productivity system for those things, if that makes sense. I'm curious to know, like Jesse, what does it look like in your world? Like how do you build structure for the things that aren't necessarily mm. routinized in your life? Absolutely, Hunter. And this is going to look different for everyone. But for me, I'm a very big believer on vision, goals and energy and consider, all right, well, what are my what are my goals for the end of the year to reach in my business? And what am I willing to do each week that is sustainable and and that I can be committed to consistently that will produce the result I want, for instance, growth, impact and so on? Um, How do I manage that? How do I uh, manage my freelance time? I respect my energy. We're human beings. We're ebbs and flows. We are not these machines that have infinite sources of energy. So going through your burnout journey, you would have known that people used to call you the machine, but Mm -hmm. the journey you're on now is one of humanness and respect that you have ebbs and flows and that you can get in touch with that. So there's this great quote, when you're not completely switching off, you're never completely switching on. So I make sure that I respect my ebbs and flows and take downtime. Think about it this way. Your direction is more important than your speed for where you're going. So don't worry if you're taking it slow, if you're going in the right direction. Wow, man. I, I absolutely needed to hear that because um, at this point in my life and, and my career, and I think of them as one and the same, I don't actually have... Uh, I don't actually have like the same level of clarity that I have been traditionally used to that Mm. afforded me confidence. I think I'm at my least confident at this time of recording right now. When you, when you're meeting me, you're meeting me at one of the, the, the least confident points in my life. And that's perfectly okay with me because I'm, I'm enjoying the journey that I'm on. I have a low resolution vision of where I'm going, but in terms of speed, in terms of agility in terms of looking like I know what I'm doing, all of that has fallen by the wayside. I know I'm moving in the right direction. I have direction, but all of the ways in which I'm moving towards that goal are, I, I hope they, I, I mean, I hope they look coherent and they look sensible to the outside world, but I promise you from the inside, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, man. And <laughs> <laughs> this comes back to like being willing to feel that uncertainty. We like to distract ourselves and numb ourselves when we feel that, holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to pick up my phone. I'm going to watch reels. I'm not going to do the work (laughs) and I'm not going to be willing to just sit in the uncomfortable sense of like directionlessness. And for what you're going through right now, Hamza, I've been there, brother. I want to think my way out of something I need to feel. I need to feel my humanness. I need to sit with it and I need to process it. Because when we don't <laughs> process, we store. And that's that yes. storing feeling which gets you tense, gets you anxious, gets you snappy around your partner and wow. friends and, wow. and just makes life quite shallow and meaningless. 
Damn, man. You uh, you have put in words the dilemma that I'm experiencing right now. I'm trying to think my way out of something I need to feel. And this is so alien for me to be this far in my life and my career. 35 years, still relatively in the cosmic sense, a baby, right? But I'm just, I, I, like you alluded to earlier, I've prided myself in the past in being somebody that had it all figured out, that, that was able to develop a machine-like, um, predictable, scalable, repeatable way of being, but ultimately manifested in me losing my fire, losing my passion and burning out. But the journey I'm on right now is one that I am so grateful to have you in my life as somebody who has been on the journey, who has designed solutions and, and pathways for people that you're offering through Mind by Design. And you're offering to me right now, and hopefully through me to the action faction, ways of being that will allow for some grace, it sounds like. And for oh, those of us who need to mom, feel so. right now, to not think our way through a solution that demands feeling. So thank you for that, man. Mm -hmm. That's my pleasure. I, um, I did think about one final takeaway for people as well. Sure. Consider not so much journal prompts and inner work, but things you can put in the back of your pocket and really use on a day-to-day -day basis. Consider identity-based questions like what would the successful, healthy, happy version of myself do in this situation? That's a very tangible and flexible tool you can use during your journey so that you're not falling into those old habits. What, what are some of those questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis, Jesse? What, what do those questions look like for, for the sage in other people's story? Does this complement the lifestyle I want to build? Wow. Does this That's a question I ask myself on a day-to-day -day basis with all sorts of little decisions and big decisions does this decision move me in the direction to who i want to become and can i probe a little bit deeper jesse so like when do you ask yourself these questions at the beginning of the day at the end maybe once a week or is it with literally every single decision that you make not every single decision because so many of our decisions are routine right but those mm. moments where you feel the tug between your scared voice and your sacred voice, the tug mm. between boundaries and compromise, the tug between self-doubt and self-trust, you whip out that question and it's a practical moment where you can practice, all right, who am I choosing to be in this moment? Am I alive in my values? Does this lead to the successful version of myself? Wow, man. I'm, I'm thinking about how powerful of a question that is for an earlier version of Jesse laying in bed, staring up at the ceiling, contemplating uh, a life that had been designed for him. And now here you are, an empowered, full version of yourself that is designing for yourself. That's truly liberating, man. I want to, I actually have a hat that I can tip. I can tip towards you, sir. I tip my hat to you for, for, for doing that, for doing it at a high level and for sharing the inner workings of it that hopefully the action faction can take and apply to their own lives. I know that you have certainly done that for me in our very limited time here together. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for existing in the world, for turning ideas into action in the world, and for sharing all of that with us here today. Thank you, sir. My absolute pleasure. There's only one Hamza Khan. There's only one Jesse Maguire. There's only one whoever's listening to this in the whole universe. So hey. remember that. Be yourself. You've got a gift mm -hmm. to share. And, and I, I already feel it, brother. I know you're going to be a series regular. You're going to be on the podcast 
many, many times. I, I, I intend to do this until my very last breath. I'll, I'll be recording an episode from my deathbed and, and you know, an episode <laughs> eight, eight, eight thousand nine hundred. Like you'll be on that one too. And I'll be like, Jesse, man, remember. I'm, I'm using my scared voice right now, but help me coach me through this. Let me use my sacred voice as I, as I, as I drift into oblivion here, man, dude, what is next for you? What are the next stops on Jesse's career journey? For sure. For right now, Mind by Design one-on-one coaching is a big part of my life. Again, like we were talking about, it's an expression of who I am. I always do that. Just like I'll always be a teacher. But a couple of exciting things I've got going on. I've got Conscious Student Academy, which is a free program people can download if they're a HSE or undergraduate or college student wanting to learn healthier habits and be happy whilst they study. So I'm sure Hamza will attach that in the show notes. I've got a new podcast I've started with a business partner called Apex, which is mindset, leadership, and growth for young professionals in particular, learning the practical skills and habits necessary so that they can go to that next level. And then as well, more things like this harms are connecting with people like yourself, speaking, doing podcasts, and just having a a more wholesome, well-rounded connection with people all around the world. Wow, man. I, and I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're doing that. I've been meditating on this idea that we don't actually know how we present in the world. Like we have some idea of how we wish to present, but how we're received is ultimately alien to us. And I got, of all people, you know, who planted this idea in my head, it was Kanye West. <laughs> and in, in true Kanye fashion, he said, the greatest regret of my life is never being able to see myself perform on stage. And I was like, wow, what a, what a Kanye sentiment, right? But the truth is, so I don't think, Jesse, you'll ever truly appreciate what it's like to have Jesse Maguire in your, in your universe. That is a gift that, is, is, uh, that belongs to everybody else except Jesse. And I'm very lucky to be one of those recipients in the world. I know what it's like to have Jesse Maguire exist in the world. And uh, let me tell you this, uh, my world is so much better because you're in it, man. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for doing this. How, you, how do we, I know how to keep that, up bro. with you. I, I got, I got you on speed dial, but what are some ways that the action faction can keep up with you and your adventures? Absolutely. Follow me on Instagram. I put out daily stories of motivation and speaking and coaching. I do free webinars all the time. I've got a link tree, which you can see all of my stuff there, including my free things, my free downloads and my offers for coaching I'm sure Harms will uh, be kind enough to put that in the show notes. Conscious Student Academy for the students that I mentioned. You can follow me on Instagram and follow my website there. Um, and yeah, just reach out to me if you've got something from this podcast. Like Harmza, I have learned so much from you and you are my gift mate for my journey. And I remember reaching out to you just to say thanks for the podcast and how much I got from it. And you never know where that connection leads. Now I'm on the podcast. So for someone listening don't be afraid to reach out to me, Hamza, or anyone that inspires you, ignites your spirit, because you just don't know where it will go. That's it, man. And and we'd be remiss to not shout out a uh, a mutual connector and uh, mentor yes. coach in our lives, the legendary James Hunt, who who made this connection. I remember outside of uh, Noah's in Newcastle. That's the first time I met you right outside of that restaurant. Noah's on the beach. And uh, you showed up with a bottle of wine, homemade wine, from your business at the time, Winify. So I want to I want to thank you for doing that. 
any words for James Hunt? Because you know he's going to listen to this podcast. You know he's going to share it on LinkedIn. You know he's going to tag the entire graduating class <laughs> of 2019 <laughs> on LinkedIn as he does. Yes, he is. Some he's words so for, our, for our mutual friend James, man. <laughs> Absolutely. James, a message to you, mate, is a huge thank you for embracing me when I was um, starting my MBA journey. So uh, you're so welcoming and just so respectful and deeply listened to my concerns for the University of Newcastle. Uh, such a fantastic representative. And now that what he's doing is beyond, still awesome. So great. Uh, and a huge thanks to James for connecting us and for connecting people all around the world. Amen. Believed in many people at a time when they didn't believe in, believe in themselves. And I, w- I would count myself mm-hmm. as one of those people. Uh, all right, Jesse, we, we got to end on this note over here, the mic drop. Let's pay it forward. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received, my friend? Mm, this was something which I couldn't answer. I tried. There mm. were so many things, Hamza. So I just had to mm. come back to you and pay it forward to you. Uh, something you shared with me a few years ago when I was trying to become a better speaker uh, in front of crowds on a podcast and so on, you said to me, don't focus on how you want to say something. Just focus on what you want to say. And that was a huge mic drop for me, a, a, a breakthrough moment for me because I was so caught up in trying to sound perfect. How can I say this? How can I be the best? How can I engage? Once I just focused on focusing on what I want to say and who I am, that passion rubs off to your audience and engages people far more than you trying to sound perfect. And that's what I got from you, mate. And I'm really grateful for that advice. And that's very poetic because that's advice that I paid forward to you from another mentor of mine, Drew Dudley. And that's a message that I actually (laughs) needed to hear. It's one that I actually forgot in this journey of becoming a new version of myself. I've been so wrapped up in the how that I actually even forgot that I said that to you. So Jesse, dude, what, what a what a what a meta mentorship yes. moment over here. This this advice that has been traveling through time that got lost on the people that have been sharing it that has come back full circle, brother. Wow, I uh, I'm coursing with with energy here. Thank you, thank you for 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 this time. Thank you for this gift. Much appreciated. Uh, this isn't goodbye. It's definitely see you later, mate. Thank you so much, Andre, and thanks so much for those thank people you, listening as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Action Faction, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for showing love to the podcast. I know you enjoyed and appreciated uh, Jesse on this episode as much as I have. Trust me, Jesse will be back time and again. Like I said, episode 8,952, he's going to be on that episode. Just, just uh, you know, you can put it in writing right now. All right. Uh, that is it for this, this week's episode. You can listen to more episodes at iiapodcast.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter for the podcast and find out when future episodes are coming. I'm also going to be doing something new and asking people online via Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook about what questions they hope to ask our guests in future episodes. So look out for that sort of interactive component built into future episodes of the Ideas Into Action podcast. As always, would love it if you could, if you aren't already uh, subscribing to the podcast, leave an honest review. Hopefully you can give me five stars or more. It'll really help to get additional coverage for this podcast. And if you liked anything that we've said, uh, that we've covered here today, you know, quote it, 
Uh, make sure you tag uh, uh, our guest, Jesse, myself, and anything that uh, you've appreciated from this podcast, and we'll be sure to amplify it on our respective social networks. All right. With that being said, Action Faction, thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, we're out. <laughs>